three, two, one. We're celebrating season two at our second year of the Nurse Shark Academy show. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy show, a Baxter Professional Services production. Welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy show where we're experts in nursing and experts in business. The Nurse Shark Academy show highlights nurse business owners and others in the healthcare field who promote entrepreneurship. We interview nurse leaders and encourage them to tell their story. My mission is for you to own your seat at the table of nurse entrepreneurship, gaining confidence, skills, and freedom to live your life on your own terms. You will dream big and expand your consciousness as an entrepreneur. Join us for each episode and support these wonderful nurse entrepreneurs and leaders. Today's guest is Ashley Hay. And this episode is how one nurse with a passion for creative writing and medical education became a nurse writer. Welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy show. I'm Tina Baxter, your host. The Nurse Shark Academy show highlights nurse business owners and others in the healthcare field who promote entrepreneurship. We interview nurse leaders and encourage them to tell their story. Today's guest is Ashley Hay, who's the owner of A. Hay Nursing. She's an experienced registered nurse with over a decade in many areas of both pediatric and adult oncology. Her passion for medical education has merged seamlessly with her personal longtime love of reading and creative writing. She also works as a freelance consultant for several established medical communications, pharmaceutical and clinical education companies. Her work has been featured in print and online for many publications, including Oncology Nursing News, Very Well Healthcare, Cancer, and Targeted Oncology. We want to say welcome to the show, Ashley. Hi, Tina. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So tell me about uh, what you about your background. What made you decide to become a nurse? Yeah, well, um, my stepdad who raised me, um, he was a cancer survivor. Um, he had osteosarcoma in his early 20s. Uh, and became a right above the knee amputee, uh, really just before I was born. So, you know, I grew up um, kind of just hearing their stories about their hospital stay as a young couple. And, um, you know, they had still kept in touch with his nurse over all these years, you know, Christmas cards and such. And um, I kept hearing about this big New York City cancer hospital that he was treated at. And, um, you know, I had always kind of loved either babysitting or, you know, working in um, anything with children, really. I just enjoyed it. And I realized that I could do uh, that for children who had cancer. So that was my ultimate goal. Um, I became a nurse pretty young. Uh, I started my first nursing job in adult uh, inpatient oncology uh, at that big cancer hospital in New York. And it was the week before my 21st birthday. So now I look back and they must have thought I was quite a baby, Um, but I was really just so passionate about it. Um, And then, you know, fast forward throughout my career, I I really just got my hands on everything that I could in oncology care, uh, pediatric, adult, inpatient, outpatient, um, transfusions, uh, bone marrow transplant, radiation, um, you name it, and and I did it and I loved all of it. And then years later, uh, I had really just been struggling 
all that time, um, but it kind of progressed uh, my chronic illness. I have some autoimmune um, and primary immune conditions that really just made the 12-hour shift um, and the emotional toll just really difficult to keep up and, and be a good nurse um, and provide my patients with good care when I was in so much pain or I was really sick. Um, so I kept having to go out on disability and at some point it really was just not manageable anymore. Um, so I found myself, you know, trying to recover at home and doing a simple Google search of, um, you know, non bedside nursing jobs. And I came across nurse writing and I, I fell in love really instantly. And, um, ever since then I have not gone back to bedside. Um, I still miss it, you know, and I have so much respect for everybody who does it. We need you. Uh, but at the same time, I also think that if bedside isn't working for you anymore, um, you know, there are a lot of options and this is a, a wonderful field to increase your reach and educate patients and providers just as you did at bedside um, in a different way. Well, I think that's wonderful that you're able to pivot, but I would like to go back to something because you mentioned, you know, it became hard for you to work the 12 hour shifts and it mm -hmm. just occurred to me that maybe one of the reasons why we have such staffing shortages in nursing is because we went to the 12 hour shift. It used to be an eight hour shift and we had three shifts. We had morning, evening and night shift. And now we've gone to the 12 hour shift. And I think it takes a big toll and wear and tear on our body because we know that 12 hours doesn't always mean 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means 16 and occasionally it means 20. Mm -hmm. And so I think that for nurses who have a disability or chronic illness, I think we could still use them if we would use them wisely and maybe give them a six hour shift instead of 12. Yeah. And I agree. You know, I understand the original model of 12 hour shifts, right? And I've worked night, day, you, you know, all over. Um, and I understand the, the patient continuity aspect of it. I think it's important. But what I think is more important from a patient perspective and a nurse, you know, I have the, I guess, good fortune of, of being both frequently, um, is that I would prefer to have maybe three nurses in a 24-hour period, so eight hours each or even six hours each, who are fully present, are, you know, well-rested, um, you know, they've eaten, they've been able to use the, the bathroom facilities, like 12 hour shifts don't always allow for that, especially when you add short staffing on top of it. And I think you're right. It does compound the issue. Um, many of my friends who, you know, we're all, none of us are getting any younger and, um, you know, from mid thirties to mid fifties and above 12 hour shifts are, are getting harder and harder for all of us. Um, especially with, you know, the demands of patient care and, and the staffing shortages since COVID. So I do think that maybe we should challenge um, those norms and just encourage, you know, I, I would really argue the point that three nurses in 24 hours are just as sufficient, if not better. Um, and they're more well-rested and able to better take care of their patients. So, you know, at first, um, when I started struggling, I was full-time, uh, 12 hour shifts. And, you know, that can be really tough. And for the first two or three years of my career, I had to work night shift, um, which obviously is not ideal. And that really, I think, progressed my illness uh, a bit quicker than it would have. 
Um, but you know, I, I wanted to pay my dues. I didn't want to complain. I was young and I didn't understand that disclosure of chronic illness was important and that there were ways that they could support me instead of penalizing me. Um, but I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. I didn't feel comfortable. I thought maybe I would lose my job or be looked down upon or, you know, be given a lesser assignment. Um, and I, I think looking back that, you know, there were definitely things available to me I just wasn't aware of. Um, but, you know, as the years went by, I transitioned to, okay, maybe inpatient's a little too much. I'll go to outpatient. Um, and while that was a little bit less in terms of, you know, how far you're walking, um, it still was a really, it was a really long day. And some of the shifts, you know, were 9.30 in the morning until 10 at night. Um, and that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So then I went to, um, I ended up moving across the country and, you know, completely changing jobs full-time again as a clinical research nurse. Um, so a little bit more like kind of half desk job, half patient care, um, so that helped. But then again, you know, as my illness progressed and I got a little bit older, I was still really struggling. So I switched again. I went back to pediatrics um, outpatient and I went per diem. So, you know, I went from part time to per diem, um, eight hours, six hours. And it's still just because there were just so many patients and not enough of us. And you're not, you know, getting your breaks, even if they're mandated and you're not, you know, it just it became really unmanageable and I miss my, my oncology patients all the time, especially my pediatric kiddos. Like I, I really do. I think about going back quite frequently. Um, but I, and I'm happier and healthier now in my line of work. Um, but I think that was a risk I, I had to take. Um, and I, I just couldn't physically and emotionally afford to stay at bedside. Um, so I, I am, very happy, although the journey was tough and it certainly wasn't a, becoming a freelance writer and consultant wasn't a choice I happily made in the beginning. It was somewhat made for me. Um, but now, you know, I kind of see the the reason for all of it and, and it ended up working out really, really well. And like I said, the most important thing to me, I've always been quite passionate about patient education, um, talking to caregivers in language that they can understand um, and, also educating my peers, you know, providers and, and nurses uh, to provide great care. So I hope, you know, that I'm doing that now um, on kind of a, a bigger scale where more people can receive the education than maybe a one-to-one. -one. And, and that's important. And I, and I want nurses to hear this. And I want our listeners to hear this because even though it was a change that you wanted to make, it, and it was a necessary change, you're still using your nursing talent. You're still using all those skills that you learned as a nurse because you have to interpret all that medical jargon into everyday language. It's stuff that we do every day as nurses, right? But you get to do it on a bigger and larger stage. And Very so much. that's important. Yeah, and you know, we all, all have the capability to be able to do this. I think when I first started, I had a lot of imposter syndrome thinking like, well, I don't have a PhD. I don't have a master's. You know, what makes me qualified? And truly what makes me qualified is what makes all of you qualified. If you've had a, a, you know, a year as a nurse, 
you understand how to talk to patients. You understand how to take this very complex information that perhaps only, you know, we understand um, and be able to break it down into a tone and uh, deliverable that the patients and the caregivers can then, you know, work with. So figuring out whether that's audio or perhaps it needs translation or, you know, they like things in writing. It's just, we do this every day. Um, and now I'm just able to do it and, and work with other companies um, to help them, you know, succeed in educating patients and providers. Um, and I think that that's, that's really important. And we've been underutilized in that field. Um, I want to amplify our voices in this and say, yes, we are more than capable. We are more than qualified. Um, and, you know, that's why I enjoy working with medical communications agencies, pharmaceutical companies, you know, um, working on some of their marketing campaigns and saying, yeah, no, the same education that you give to physicians doesn't translate directly to nurses. Like we want to know about AEs, you know, while they maybe want to know about overall survival, we want the data on this. So I think, you know, there is a, an art to it um, for sure, but we are all very qualified to be in this space and I would love to see more of us in it. And so that, that begs the question, how did you find this niche? Yeah. Um, so really, I just started with a Google search. Um, this is so true. Uh, I feel like I've told this story quite a few times, but it is the honest truth. I um, Googled like non, non bedside nursing jobs in, you know, a few different ways. Um, and I saw like a lot of really cool options, um, but none of them really interested me. And none of them felt like the right space. Um, and I came across this tiny article um, from one of the uh, original nurse writers that I know of, uh, Beth Haynes. And it was just like an article about kind of what her life is like as a nurse writer. It wasn't anything big or crazy or, you know, and I just was fascinated. So I reached out to her and a few others that were in the industry. And I just asked some really targeted questions saying like, how do, you know, this is how I, this is what I want to pursue. This is how I think I should get started. And they were lovely. I had a lot of really great mentors uh, in the beginning that helped me along. Um, and then from there, it was really like kind of just trial and error um, and just like, you know, working to get my name out there and show clients that I was qualified. And then you know, once you take on a few projects, your work really starts to speak for itself. So I'm proud to say, you know, I have, a, I've now built a really extensive portfolio um, and I have a great track record and I am very much specialized in oncology care across the board. So that's my favorite uh, projects to work on. Um, but, you know, as a nurse, we know how to research and talk about anything that's medical or clinical. So there are often times where I will take a project that maybe, you know, is cardiac related or OB. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't worked in those fields specifically, but I went through nursing school and I have enough knowledge to be able to research the imp information appropriately or kind of, you know, tell them ways that they can tailor it to nurses or patients. That's great. And so when you're getting these companies, because I think a lot of people don't understand, this is like when you go and research something, like you're looking at a topic, like let's say breast cancer, right? 
and you're going to uh, WebMD or you're going to the Cleveland Clinic and you're seeing that information that's there, it's often written by folks like yourself. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've worked with a number of organizations, websites, magazines, um, specific, a few that you even mentioned, actually. Um, and it's pretty common that if you go to a lot of these sites, um, you know, they will either have a byline that's by a nurse or oftentimes, too, you know, we ghostwrite a lot of things for physicians. Um, so it may have their name, but I certainly wrote the content. Um <laughs> Which, you know, I think uh, there's mixed feelings about that. You know, that's the beauty of freelances. If you mm -hmm. don't want to do something like that, you certainly don't have to. Um, I always encourage nurses to say, like, you know, look, this just goes to show that we are more than capable of, of writing the content. Um, and ghostwriting jobs tend to pay a lot more. So, you know, my bigger thing is that, like, the the information that gets out is accurate. And now that I have built up, you know, my brand and my portfolio, having a byline is not as important to me as it was in the beginning. So I think it really depends on the stage that you're at um, in your career. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed doing a lot of journalism uh, in the beginning, um, specifically, you know, like one of my favorites, I worked with the American Cancer Society for quite a while. And I really, I just enjoyed every piece that I worked on with them, whether it was you know, updating it and checking the references to make sure that they're still accurate because things change so quickly in oncology. Um, or writing a piece from scratch maybe about, you know, for one of my clients, it was um, for patients, like how to manage your chemo curls, you know, and it's just like little tips and tricks for patients who are dealing with a new texture of their hair after chemo. Ah, um, okay. Yeah. And it's, stuff like that, you know, that I just, I, I loved teaching it in person. And, and now I hope that people on the other end of the screen, um, you know, in some way or another can kind of feel that, that TLC come through in my education. Yeah. And so with your, with your company, now that you've gotten your own brand, your own company, um, how, how would somebody get a hold of you to work with you? Yeah, um, I would love that. Uh, my website is a hey, like my name, A-H-A-Y, nursing.com. Uh, and my social is the same, a hey nursing. Okay, great. So that's if there's people that need your services. But let's say some nurses want to figure out how to get into the business. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any coaching programs or anything that you have developed for them? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've been asked that quite a bit over the last few years um, as I've kind of moved more towards consulting roles. And, you know, it's it's so um, it's so sweet to me that now I'm in this position that other nurses reach out to me frequently in email or LinkedIn or Instagram and say, God, I love what you're doing. You know, I'm so interested to maybe you know, only go per diem and, and write on the side, or I'm interested in, in fully jumping in, you know, how can I do what you do? Um, do you offer coaching services? And truly, I, I have never, um, there's quite a few of us out there now that are doing coaching. Um, I can't say that that's something I am interested in for my brand, but I am always happy to help, you know, novice nurses in this arena um, because I was green not too long ago here. Um, so I'm always happy to, to answer emails. Um, you know, you can always message me directly. Uh, my email's on the website, LinkedIn. 
Um, and I'm happy to help. I'm also happy to make connections. Um, I like sharing referrals too. Um, so for example, like, you know, if you have an oncology client um, and you're not comfortable writing about that, you know, send them to me. And then when I get whatever, an orthopedic, you know, project, um, if that's your specialty, I can send it your way. Um, but there are a number of coaching uh, platforms and services out there right now. Um, I've worked uh, with a few of them, and I think that they're really, they're really great. You know, um, they have been in this industry for a while, and they're really able to help you with something that I could never do. That you know, they have this team of of experts, um, which I think is much more valuable. And that's another reason why I kind of haven't really pursued coaching much. Um, I think that, you know, more heads together will help you uh, in business than, you know, just what I did. Because um, certainly what I did might not be the right thing for everyone. You know, my, my journey has been different, I think, than a lot of other freelancers. Um, and it keeps changing. So it's exciting. <laughs> Well, I'm going to say, though, I think I think that you have a story to tell and maybe how you did it may resonate with someone. And so, you know, a workshop even just for newbies to to know what co correct questions to ask. Right. Might be beneficial um, to, to just to kind of look at the process. Mm -hmm. um, how do you choose a topic? How do you research a topic? These are things that that people want to know and you could possibly even put that into your book or something. Yes, I know. Gosh, I've been working on the same book for quite a while. And the problem is, you know, it was 75% written and now a few years have gone by and I think like, oh, I want to change the whole format and do it completely different, you know? So it's one of those, um, one of those working <laughs> babies that I have kind of hanging around. Um, but it, it I just really, I need to uh, connect with, you know, a good publisher, I think, who understands me and, uh, you know, kind of my vision and how I want to help other nurses too. So if anybody's interested in, uh, you know, a workshop like Tina mentioned, or, um, you know, chat about the book, reach out and let's, uh, let's collaborate, you know, I'd love to do something, especially with another, uh, you know, nurse or healthcare provider. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, there's something we could also, you know, do something together. I'm putting together a uh, an event for uh, nurses on the legal side mm -hmm. and finance. We're going to do something for that coming up. Um, so that's in the works with two other uh, individuals. One's a nurse and the other's a social worker. And uh, we're putting together something for nurses just on that issue. But uh, certainly a nurse writing uh, program workshop, I think, I think would go very well. And that would then add to your portfolio and credibility to say, I can teach you my system, my way of doing it. Cause your way of doing it may be different from somebody else's. Like I've taken writing courses for other people, right? Yep. So your way of doing it may be different, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I do think, you know, too, even, um, you know, hopefully reaching other nurses with chronic illness too. I mean, our field is comprised of a lot of females and we know that a lot of females are affected with autoimmune issues and other chronic illness and disabilities. Um, so, you know, if that speaks to you too, I, I'm always just happy to, you know, help another, another nurse out um, and just kind of, even if it just gives you a thought as to another avenue of, of something you can do, 
Um, I know for me, it was really healing um, while I was on disability for that last time, you know, when I had finally left bedside and I just started writing articles. Um, I didn't have a client at the time. I didn't, you know, even have a website or a company, um, but I just started really writing as like, you know, just a day in the life of a nurse, or I think my first uh, article was something called like a nurse's sacrifice. And it was just kind of all the things that we give as a nurse um, yes. that, you know, you have to be mindful of how much it takes from you. Um, and I think frequently we cross the line um, as nurses and, you know, we, we give, um, I don't want to say too much of ourselves, but at a cost to us. Um, right. And eventually, you know, the cost was too great. Like I, I really, I went physically bankrupt. Um, so it, it's just really important to me that other nurses know that there are other options and, you know, still staying within our, our field. Um, you know, we all work so hard through nursing school and to get our, you know, pass our boards and get our jobs and get our experience um, that I really, I didn't want to leave that behind. Um, and I'm just, I'm really proud that I was able to kind of just mold a different career out of the same you know, path, um, just kind of a little, a little sidestep. So you're, you're doing nursing. It just looks differently. Yeah, it really does. And my mantra has always been leave your job, but don't leave your profession, right? You mm -hmm. worked hard to become a nurse and maybe you can't do the same job that you were doing. I certainly could not do the same job I was doing. I started out as a CNA and within two years, I already knew I can't do this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, one, because of the pay, but two, because of the physical toll that it took on me lifting patients because I started at a time when there was one Hoyer lift in the entire building and mm -hmm. it was frequently broken. So <laughs> there you go. And it, oh, and it only went up to 250 pounds. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense for a Hoyer lift. But anyway, right. I digress. Yeah. Um, you just brought back a flashback of like trying to find the bladder scanner, you know, which <laughs> there's like one that exists in the whole hospital and nobody can ever find it. It's a whole thing. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's always <laughs> something like that. And so that, that, that awareness of, I had to make a shift, you know, I went to nursing school, decided to become, I went into nurse management, thought I was going to do that and be the president of the hospital one day. That was my whole dream. Right. And then I got into management and realized, mm, no, not for me. I don't want to do that. Then I thought about being in academia and I did some uh, teaching on, on the uh, um, adjunct side. And I thought I really like teaching, but I don't like that whole mold and that cutthroat, got to get tenure type thing. And that wasn't for me, you know? And so I think for a lot of us nurses that maybe not fit the mold that everybody has for us, right? That whole, you have to do your med surge and you have to stay on, on tasks for that. And you know, all that, if you don't fit that mold, where do you find yourself in nursing? And I think entrepreneurship mm -hmm. is just one great way for you to do what you love and then tailor your whole um, business around the things that you like to do. For example, I had on the show previously a nurse that was an infusion nurse and mm -hmm. didn't like how the company was run and the schedules that they got. And they were sending nurses to way out that didn't even make sense. And 
So she created her own company so that infusion nurses can do the job, but feel good about doing it because they get to pick their own schedule, get to pick their own route, you know, solving the problem. And that's what we're good at. Nurses are great problem solvers. We are. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, show me a nurse on night shift that cannot like MacGyver something, you know, that she needs and maybe doesn't have access to at that time. Um, That's what I love about nursing. And I, I use that um, hashtag frequently, like still a nurse um, or always a nurse, because I really do believe that, Um, you know, it's okay. And I I love that what you said, you know, our dreams can change uh, even along our career path, but, you know, staying, staying as a nurse, just in a different form. And I think there should be more conversation about that. Um, Sometimes I do see there's like a bit of, you know, strife back and forth. Like, you know, yes. are you trying to take nurses from the bedside? No, of course not. Um, you know, we obviously need them. Um, I would like to be at bedside again if I could. Um, but it doesn't work for all of us. And I think it's important to get that message out to other people that if it's not working for you, that's okay. Um, there's so many other avenues. And, and you know, you mentioned the dreams changing. I remember I was hard up on becoming an NP by the time I was 30. Like I was hundred percent. There's no way you could have told me that I would have ended up here. I would have like laughed in your face. Um, But as the years went by, I just started to realize like there were just aspects of it that started to not gel with my personal life, um, my physical ability and, you know, money for school, things like that. So it's okay. It's totally okay to like just go out on a limb and try something different. You know, we are incredibly adaptable um, and great problem solvers, like you said. So that's why I think we make really great entrepreneurs, but we're often, I find nurses are often afraid that they're like not good at business, um, that they don't have a mind for business or, or the finances or things like that. And I thought the same to be true uh, until I did it. And I can tell you, it's just fear, um, you know, fear of the unknown, fear of trying something new that maybe you you won't be good at it or maybe you'll fail at it. But really, that's the imposter syndrome talking. And I've yet to meet a nurse that's not a capable entrepreneur. You know, I have yet to meet a concert level pianist that sat down and just wrote an entire symphony symphony and played it perfectly the first time. So why do we approach business that way? I think it's the science heavy parts of us. You know, we are, Mm -hmm. we like to complete tasks, right? Even, you know, bedside, it's like the academia science side of us. It's the perfectionist side because you can't afford to make a mistake at bedside. And it's, it feels very similar when you pursue business. Um, the difference is that, you know, if you do make a huge mistake in business, you know, usually somebody's life is not going to be at stake. Um, so I, I really think it's more of a mindset um, adaptation that needs to happen for nurses um, than an actual issue. I, I completely agree. And that's one of the reasons why we have the business builder program mm-hmm. is because a lot of it is changing that mindset of, one, going from employee to entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but two, that you're not an expert. And, you know, 
all my nurses, you're experts in your field. That's why I have this show. I bring on people who are experts. Why? You've got that license and that life experience behind you. That makes you an expert in your field. That's what makes you a shark. And I want to highlight and share those stories. So I really appreciate your story because I want nurses to know that there's so many different things that you can do. You know, and I, I applaud the bedside nurses, right? I'm still working clinically actively. I see patients every day. Yeah. But again, I also know that there are nurses that can't physically do that anymore or can't mentally do that anymore, but mm -hmm. they're still nurses. And I want to say there's still work for you to do and there's still a calling for you to be a nurse. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the bigger aspects for me aside from physically realizing that like I had to leave bedside because I could no longer work like that. I think it was really allowing myself to be honest mentally and realize that, you know, when I was in a ton of pain and I was on the floor for 12 hours, I don't, I don't think I started to become basically a, a different nurse than who I had always been. Uh, and one that I had, you know, taken pride in being, it just, it became really difficult for me. And I hope that, you know, certainly the patients didn't notice it outwardly, but I think, you know, I tried to get things done kind of quick or I was frequently frustrated or like was in the bathroom crying and then would come out, you know, and I just realized like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a nurse that was like this. Um, and I don't know that everybody can get to a place sometimes where they admit that, but, um, you know, there's certainly like ups and downs are completely allowed. You are a person. Uh, but I think if you've gotten to a place where, you know, at bedside, would, would you want you taking care of you? Um, you know, it takes kind of a, an interesting change uh, mentally, I think, just to, to really look at it. Um, and I think you owe that to yourself and to your to your patients. Yes. And then often to to your family, right? Because if you don't, if you're not taking out on your patients, you're, you know, you're either punishing yourself by not taking a bathroom break or eating or doing those things that we do to ourselves, or we're taking it out on our families because we're too tired to uh, play with our kids or talk to our spouse or go out on a date night. And so yeah. it takes a real toll on all of our lives. And I always say self-care is not selfish. It's the most unselfish thing that you can do is taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And instead of waiting for it to be the last thing, you know, like the last Band-Aid, um, maybe kind of put it earlier in the, in the rotation, you know, it'll, it fixes a lot more, uh, than you think, but I, I found it really hard to, uh, maintain proper self-care, maybe because I needed more of it, you know, being ill at the time. Um, but I found it really hard to maintain that, uh, with my marriage at the time and bedside nursing and, and you know, being chronically ill is, is a full-time job, um, mm -hmm. you know, between mm -hmm. specialists and procedures and medications and refills and insurance. Like it was, it just all became like way too much. Um, and now I just have this really different, um, just balance. It's a really nice balance now. That's the best way I, I can describe it. Um, it just, it really, I'm 
so happy to say it it worked for me. Um, and I hope it continues to because I really, I love my my business. I love what I'm doing. It never gets old, honestly, seeing my name, you know, like CEO and president of your own company or when yes. you pay yourself, you know, when payroll runs around and you see your paycheck, it's from me to me, you know, in, in a different, it's just, it's really, um, I just, it, it means a lot to me. Um, and I, I've come really far. I, 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 I totally get that. It's nice when you can see your baby grow, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. So if you had one piece of advice for a budding entrepreneur or a uh, nurse that wants to be a writer, what would it be? Network. Um, don't be shy. Reach out, like, you know, stalk people on, on <laughs> LinkedIn, see who we're working for, who we're friends with, who we're following, who we're posting. Um, that was the, the greatest way that I got traction very quickly um, and was able to have a really successful first year of my business was because I sought out mentorship um, from people that I admired doing what I wanted to do. Um, so I think that's important. Um, just don't be shy. You know, I think sometimes people are like, I know you're busy or, oh, I'm not really sure of my questions yet. Just come up with a list of a, a few targeted questions. And most of us are, are more than happy to help each other out. So agree. So agree. Well, I want to thank you for your time. And um, I know it's dinner time where you are. <laughs> and it's dinner time where I am. Um, and so I want to thank you for uh, showing up tonight. And so for our listeners, if you want to um, uh, get in touch with her, don't forget that you can go to her website or check her out on Instagram at a hey nursing. Um, and then you can certainly get a hold of her. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Nurse Shark Academy show. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. If you are listening to us on Podbean or wherever you get your, your podcast, Spotify, Apple, etc., leave us a comment and smash that subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. My mission is for you to own your seat at the table of nurse entrepreneurship, gaining confidence, skills, and freedom to live your life on your own terms. I specialize in working with nurses and other health professionals who want to reduce burnout, pessimism, and compassion fatigue. So you can become a successful entrepreneur to reclaim the love you have for your profession and to create a fulfilling and prosperous life. Join the Nurse Shark Academy at the nursesharkacademy.biz and come fill the sun, providing a clear path for business success. Thank you for listening to the Nurse Shark Academy show wherever you get your podcasts or watching us on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification bell so that you'll know when all of our episodes come out. If you want further information, you can contact us on the nurse shark academy.biz. <laughs>